0: This week, the last-ditch effort to save some little bits of unspoiled Newfoundland wilderness. And this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 214, made possible with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Mi'kmaq Matters. From time to time here on Mi'kmaq Matters, you've heard an acronym, WIRAC. It stands for Wilderness and Ecological Reserves Advisory Council. WIRAC was set up more than 40 years ago to advise the provincial government on setting aside a network of wilderness reserves. Those set asides would provide future generations with a sample of the distinctive ecosystems across the island areas identified because of their topography, or for the natural life found there. Two years ago, the provincial government released WIRAC's recommendations. Or perhaps it might be more accurate to say that the government threw WIRAC under the bus. The COVID pandemic was setting in, and Jerry Byrne, the minister then responsible, initially provided only 30 days for feedback, which was eventually increased. On top of that, the minister then responsible for the northern peninsula gave out misleading information about what people could and could not do on protected areas. Wirac did not have a smooth launch. 2 years later the appointments of the members of Wirac have expired. So technically, Wirac doesn't even exist. It's distressing, especially since mining and other development continues at a frantic pace in Newfoundland. Our guest this week is Graham Wood, who has been chair of WIRAC. I asked him about the Rocky debut and whether there's any hope at all that we can protect a few little pieces of Newfoundland wilderness.
1: When we were petitioning the minister to release the plan, because it had been 25 years since the plan had started to be developed, and, uh, you know, he had gone through a large number of intergovernmental affairs departments and agencies and stuff, because you know there's there's always competing visions for what we want for Newfoundland, and uh, you know in terms of economic development, uh, forestry, you know mining, those 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 types of competing uh, competing factors. But we were we were given from the minister at the time, and, and uh, when we when finally uh, he released it uh, post uh, the couple of resignations we had from our board um he gave us 30 days and uh so we were we were really struck by that and the pandemic had just struck so that really wasn't very much time for us to get feedback from the public on this on this 25 year old plan that uh, many many governments had had, have in their policy to move forward on to meet the canadian targets and international targets but um so anyway, we, we, it, it came out in May and, uh, you know, it was a very short period of time, the end of June. In fact, our, our, our actual uh, constituted three-year membership or appointments to the board were the end of, of June 30th, 2020. But uh, after, you know, I suppose the, uh, the kick up from various parts of the province, especially the Northern Peninsula, uh, that was extended until October. So uh, we did have a, ma- a, a fair amount of time to have many, many, many meetings. I don't know. I think I added up uh, in the time of consultation over a thousand hours of consultations uh, that the board and various members of the board had uh, with uh, various stakeholders around the province. So this was after the was, report
0: came. This was after the plan came out.
1: After the plan came out. Yes. Uh, we met with so many different stakeholders, you know, both industrial and whether it was the aquaculture industry, uh, you know, concerned about uh, Fushi Bay down on the South Coast, the mining industry, the forestry industry, you know, all these different uh, stakeholders, as well as the general public and, and different groups and, and indigenous groups too, because we had a number of meetings with and, uh, and other organizations on the Northern Peninsula that represented, some of them were Mi'kmaq, but, we didn't. Ha- I don't recall we had any actual official meetings with uh, the Northern Peninsula and Mi'kmaq Group because they were they were very uh, very negative towards the plan. But we had a number of meetings with the community councils on the Northern and what, Peninsula. And what were you?
0: Uh, what you? What were you hearing from the members of the public about the plan?
1: I, I think most of it was uh, a result of misinformation that was that was put out by <clears throat> uh, Minister Mitchell Moore at the time. And, uh, and uh, you know, saying that, well, they're not going to be able to go to their cabins They're not going to be able to cut their own firewood for their cabins, and not able to go and hunt fish, uh, their outfitting businesses are in jeopardy. All of that really uh, was misinformation because, you know, part of this plan is the involvement of the public and to make sure that these particular uh, proposed uh, protected areas would be used. uh for heritage uh you know heritage activities and and uh, personal activities that they've they've used for hundreds of years so you could uh, you could still
0: pick your own berries so uh not not nothing in the plan to pick your own stop you from picking your own berries
1: and (laughs) you could still you could still have a boil up
0: yes yes so then so that was that was back in 2020 and um so and then um, I read in the uh, in the telegram newspaper uh, a week or so ago that uh, your appointments were up in december of 2021 uh, the members of uh, of we act the advisory committee and um, and that you have not been reappointed and uh, no no sign of when of if and when you will be reappointed uh, which led you to uh, express your concern to uh, Juanita Mercer in the telegram that uh, we might be dead in the water. So uh, I gather from that, that not um, that things kind of like stalled after that initial uh, putting out the, the plan and getting uh, a comment.
1: Well, I, I think it's stalled. Uh, the, the documents that were uh, that were put together by us for cabinet and for government uh, have been completed. Uh, they, my understanding is they're in the, in the, in the government somewhere. Uh, we haven't heard anything in terms of the progress of those, because in that, in that report, uh, we did detail for the minister a plan of action. Uh, because this process is a long-term plan. I mean, it's going to take years. We have to have public consultation hearings. And hopefully now that uh, COVID is kind of, uh, the restrictions have lifted a bit. There's still a lot of concern, obviously, about COVID. Uh, you know, I may have it myself, I'm not sure yet. I got a call last night that I was in contact with somebody, so, but I don't have any any impacts yet. But the reality is that, you know, this process will be long-term and we want to be able to get out, uh, whoever the new board is, whether I'm on it or other people are on it, uh, to get the board constituted and, and, get, uh, and get moving ahead on this plan because, uh, you know, it's very important, uh, you know, a key part of this plan is uh, is climate change, uh, uh, addressing climate change issues and protecting of, uh, of uh, ecosystems in Newfoundland is a key part of that in terms of us meeting our goals, not only uh, Newfoundland's goals that were supposed to be met by 2020, but Canadian goals that have increased from 20% to 25% in 2025 and to 30% by 2030 for protection of terrestrial and marine ecosystems.
0: But I I wonder what, uh, I mean, um, I guess the concerning part is that um, currently uh, on the island, as I recall from the material, less than 7% of uh, the land is protected. The uh, protected areas plan will bring that up to something less than 17%, as I recall. Yep. That's and uh, which is less than uh, the UN standard, and uh, far less than the uh, federal targets uh, just uh, just announced to deal with climate change. Meanwhile, of course, we know that uh, there is lots of mining activity going on uh, on the island, and um, and uh, the province is uh, salivating over the uh, the revenue as we saw from the premier's comments the other day. So, I mean, it doesn't look. Um, there are some challenges, shall we say, in uh, in terms of time and what's going to happen, and what's going to be left uh, after, um, if and when the government gets to implementing uh, this this plan.
1: Well, that's so true because you know these these stakeholders uh, and the industry and mining and, and forestry are still there, and uh, you know the plan was. Uh, that, and, the, and the letters from the Premier were clearly that the three ministers, uh, the Minister of uh, Climate Change, uh, Environment and Climate Change, and the Minister of Forestry, Fisheries and Agriculture, and the Minister of Energy, uh, Innovation, and I'm not sure what the other part of it is. But those three ministers were given in their letters, uh, following the last election, uh, directions to move ahead on this plan. So uh, whether that's hung up in decision-making within those three departments, uh, we're not sure.
0: So what, what would have to happen now? Um, the government has the plan, um, and it's a modest plan. I mean, if you look at the, uh, the areas on your map, it's not that uh, you know, all of uh, the island of Newfoundland is going to be uh, in their, 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 modest, their modest set-asides, as we might say. Uh, there's still a lot left. Um, but the government has the, as the, as the, as the plan. So what would, what would have to happen now process wise for this thing to get implemented?
1: Well, I, I think the minister uh, has got to get it through cabinet. And, uh, so I suppose that's the challenge that he has, uh, to, to get some cabinet agreement on a move forward. And, uh, you know, a number of those reserves, the 26, uh, reserves and the seven, uh, that are transitional reserves are reserves that have mineral rights in them, and uh, so we allow for that in the transitional reserve areas like Fushi Bay, um, Rodney Pond, other areas around the province that um, that have ten years for uh, you know for exploration to take place there, and uh, for development if if possible, but. You know, the reality is, is that the the most important thing is that the minister has got to take a hold of this and hopefully move it forward in cabinet. And uh, and then we can move on and start the process of public hearings. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's a long road. Uh, Nothing is decided on these particular proposed reserves. And the boundaries of those reserves are all subject to change, all subject to change uh, due to stakeholder meetings and what are some concerns here and there. I mean, the two, three biggest ones are the ones on the eastern part of the northern peninsula. You know, when we look at those three uh, major, uh, major reserves there. Um, those those uh, designations uh, will go through public hearings, will go through years of, of consultations. And hopefully down the road, we can, uh, we, can, we can get this moving ahead. But as you know, we're falling behind. We're, we're the third worst in, in, uh, in Canada in terms of protected areas. Uh, we, I think we're now second because New Brunswick has announced their protected plan. Uh, the federal government has now in the last couple of days uh, with their climate change action plan um, will have significant amount of money available to provinces that have a plan for protected areas. And that amount of money can be utilized for development of those areas and for planning for those areas, uh, taking in the stakeholders and what the interests are for ecotourism and other, other potential uh, developments that could take place to support the rural economy of this province.
0: I suppose the problem, uh, Graham, is that... Uh there are, we don't, we don't see the, this, Wirac and the plan needs a, a political champion or champions. And I don't see that champion out there. I don't know. It's the, uh, we haven't heard very much from the, uh, the relevant minister. And uh, I can, I can see him at the cabinet table uh, with, uh, with the uh, minister of natural resources, um, talking about the problems uh, that there was, this would cause, uh, you know, the natural resource sector and the revenue that the province needs to get from that at this difficult time. So I guess the real politic out there is a bit difficult uh, for us at this time.
1: Well, you know, this has gone on for 25 years. And and through uh, it's called ILUC, the interdepartmental committees, Uh, these areas have all been thrashed through for years and years and traded off. I mean, we did a number of trade-offs for old-growth forests that existed in Newfoundland like Twin Lakes and Nopal Brook uh, I mean they were uh, originally to be in the, the plan but you know we said all right you know we can we can only do so much so you know for areas like Stony Lake uh, which uh, the Mi'kmaq uh, in Con uh, uh, River uh, MFN have interest in, in maybe even bigger area of Stony Lake and other areas like Fushi Bay, uh, and uh, Con River, uh, you know, those are areas that they see that there are uh, possibilities of expanding that uh, that t- those those reserves. And yet, you know, I suppose when we get our meetings and we set, have a stakeholder uh, meetings, then then hopefully we can delineate out what those particular areas would be and how it can be supported uh, by Indigenous people in in the province.
0: Mm-hmm. So Graham, uh, <clears throat> since uh, I, I assume there's been no words since the story of the telegram you haven't uh, had a an apologetic call from the minister saying sorry we haven't got around to this uh, has there been any any word since uh, the media coverage
1: no absolutely no no contact at all
0: so uh and as you say in this um, in this story there's no whereak at the moment because there's no one has been reappointed so uh, if you're not reappointed you don't have official status as WIRAC. so you're in a bit of a twilight zone at the moment.
1: Yep. That's absolutely correct. In fact, mm. uh, I, I, emailed a number of members that have reapplied, uh, that, that did reapply. Not everybody did reapply. Uh, and, uh, you know, nobody has had any, any contact. The only thing, any contact that we've had was the original contact from the independent appointments commission, uh, which you have to complete a, a conflict of interest form. For them uh, to review uh, as uh, for appointments or possibility of appointments, right. then it has to go to cabinet, right? So,
0: so the paperwork is in. So the ball is the ball is in their court. Yes, mm. yeah,
1: the ball is in their court, and uh, we hope for them to to move along and make a decision soon. And whoever they do appoint, it's certainly their their prerogative to to decide on who might sit on the board, but. It's really important that we have some continuity that's that's a very important part because we have a lot of people with a lot of expertise in ecosystem protection and uh and backgrounds and and uh, you know experience that you really need to sit on a, a cabinet committee board like this that advise the ministry of uh, environment and climate change
0: yes so how do you feel do you do you get uh do you get a bit discouraged uh, or, or do you, are, are, are you able to main, maintain some sense of optimism?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we, we, we'd like to see this move ahead. I know there's a bit of a lull period right now between December and, uh, and here it is, April, or close to April, uh, and uh, it's time to move on now. And uh, with the COVID restrictions easing, uh, we really look forward to, or whoever the new board is, I uh, look forward to moving ahead and, and getting out and meeting with, gen- with stakeholders in the communities uh, all around the province. And, and in fact, in our plan for the ministers that we look at regional stakeholder meetings. So uh, that might take in areas that are close to each other, you know. And yet, uh, you know, we had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of people and, and organizations that proposed other areas of protection that uh, are not really addressed in the report.
0: So there's an appetite out there for, uh, for protection of, uh, of wilderness areas. And, um, I guess the challenge is to tap that, uh, perhaps that, uh, that interest that we don't hear about as much as some other interests.
1: I, th- I think that's really true. Uh, and one of the things that I think really came through, uh, the COVID, uh, period of two years and, and a bit, uh, is that, uh, is that people got outdoors more. I mean, the, the government was encouraging people to get outdoors, you know, not to be indoors. Uh, you know, you got less chance of picking up COVID in an outdoor environment, whether you eat on the streets of St. John's or you, uh, you know, you you get out into the, into the wilderness and into the beautiful ecosystems and pristine ecosystems we have in the province, that people had a different appreciation of of our, our, uh, our natural heritage that we have in this province. And I think that's a really important point to move ahead and forward to, that people realize how important it is to have clean air and clean water. Uh, I mean, we just went through a battle here in Lewisport to fight that importation of uh, waste to energy or garbage coming in from Europe and, and elsewhere to burn and, uh, and create uh, some form of uh, biodiesel and generation of electricity. And yet, you know, a lot of people rose up against that because we see it's important to protect our ecosystems and not be spewing out uh, dioxins and other chemicals onto the environment. And, and you know, I think that's uh, that's one of the things that has made people realize how important our ecosystems are in this province.
0: That was Graham Wood who has been chair of Wirac during the launch of its recommendations for Wilderness Reserves. We asked the Department of the Environment and Climate Change when they'll make appointments to Wirac, and we received this response. The process to complete the appointments is ongoing, and we thank all applicants for putting their names forward for consideration. That's it for the program. Allison Baker is the producer of Big Mom Matters. Rachel Dial is our researcher. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I'm Glenn Wheeler. i